Welcome to Sydney Property Insider, giving you news and insights on the Sydney property market. Your hosts are Michelle May, a professional buyer's agent and owner of her independent buyer's agency, and Marcus Roberts, a member of Property Investment Professionals of Australia and owner of leading mortgage broker firm, Brighter Finance. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Sydney Property Insider Podcast, your weekly show that talks about all things property related in the city of Sydney. Michelle, how are we doing this fine late July morning? I'm sorry, I'm still adjusting to um, to new fatherhood mode. So I know. How are you going? Because every I mean, day, every day is a blessing and a curse, is the way that <laughs> I would put it. Well, for those listeners who have got children, um, you must all know how uh, Marcus is feeling. <laughs> I mean, I know how you're feeling because I went through that. Mine is oldest is 13 years old now, and but I, I can't help but laugh a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing the amount of people that laugh at me now. It's, it's, it's more overt than it used to be, I think. I know. Well, I feel your pain, Marcus, but today we, we managed to drag you out of the house because we have a very special guest with us today, Joe Natoli of The Rental Specialist, because one of the worst fears for a, a landlord or an investor is about, you know, the tenant not paying their rent and possibly trashing the property they're, they're renting. So obviously these are valid concerns to have, but they're largely preventable. And, and so we thought we'd get Jonah Tolley in to come and talk to us about, you know, really establishing the ground rules and getting the tenancy right before you even uh, start looking at your uh, potential tenant. So, hi, Joe. How are you? Good morning. I'm and, great. And welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> thank this you. Is your second time on the show. Yes, we're, thank we're you so much. Here. Yes. So, Joe, we spoke recently about um, tenancy and tenancy agreements and how to mm. get that right, and we thought this would be the yeah. perfect opportunity to talk to our listeners about um, what does it even mean um, making sure that you get the right tenants in, and you are the perfect person to talk us through this. So, you mentioned there are four main strands about getting the tenancy correct. Can you start with the first one? Well, let me just start by saying that problem tenancies usually begin with rental arrears problems. So the first two parts of those four strands deal with minimising those risks. So the four strands, I believe, are, well, it's the application process. So we need to finely tune and have a really well-honed application process. And then it comes down to the lease preparation, all of the legal documents that set the framework of the tenancy. Uh, The third part of setting up a great tenancy is the ingoing condition report. Sometimes it's referred to as an entry report. And the uh, the fourth part is the first tenancy inspection or some people refer to it as a routine inspection. So the very first one I believe is one of the most important as well. Yeah. Okay. So start us up with the application process. So the application process is more than just collecting information from somebody so you can call them later. The whole idea of the application process is to determine not only whether the tenant can pay the rent each week for the duration of the tenancy, but also that they're going to take care of your property and look after it as well. Um, So it's more than just a financial decision that you need to make as well. So you really need to be a little bit of an investigator and you need to not only look at their current rental arrangements, but 
if they're only been in their property for, say, 12 months, go back further, go back to the previous tenancy. And if that's been a short tenancy, well, then for me, I'd say, well, they're a little bit unstable, why they were only in that place for six months and this place for six months. And so I would dig even further back as well. So we're trying to establish a pattern, a history. We're trying to have a look at what the tenants have been doing in the past because that's a pretty good indication of what they'll be like in the future. Um, future. Yeah, absolutely. Life happens, but, you know, it gives us a good look at what they've been doing. And any other red flags that come to mind when you're assessing an application or when you're assessing the applicants for a property? I always have a look at their driver's licence and compare that to the information that they've put on their application. And I, I also look at their bank accounts and have a look at their salary going in and their expenses going out. We need to have a look at um, the affordability. I don't want anybody overstretching themselves, overcommitting themselves. Of course, you know, I, I don't have the resources that a bank does and I can't do all of those sorts of checks, um, nor am I allowed to. But, um, you know, we can get a good indication by having a look at their bank accounts. And, and I also like to compare their bank accounts with their rental ledger so I can see that the documents are bona fide documents yep. um, and um, the rent receipts that they provide are legitimate as well. Wow. You know, just dotting our I's and crossing our T's and making sure, sure yeah. that everything is all mm. on the up there. So if, if a person is then, for example, self-employed, mm. is there a different, do you check differently? Do you go back further or in terms of their income or yeah. how does that work? Because I know banks have different requirements when you're self-employed when it comes to applying for a mortgage. Yeah. Is that the same for when you're renting? It's slightly different, yes. So uh, with a self-employed person, we will need to check the actual legitimacy of the company or the business that they own and operate. So mm. we do do those checks and make sure that they are a legitimate business. Uh, we will ask for uh, two years at least tax returns and we will also speak to their accountant, but we also speak to their traders. So, okay. yeah, yeah. We, we ask for business references and yeah. we will speak to people they trade with and have a conversation about payment terms and any problems they may have experienced. And for people who are employed, so they mm. have a boss, you, you contact their oh, place of business too? Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah, I will speak to their employers and I will I'm asking them about their employment and their the, the security of their employment, but I'm also asking them about their reliability. Okay. Um, yeah. And what sort of responsibility do they have in, within the um, place that they're working? Because I want to get an idea of the person yeah. behind the application as mm. well. That's really important to me. I want to know the, the person, the personality that yeah. I'm about to put into the, a, a new home. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, is there such a thing as a, a ledger where, where tenants who don't pay their bills on time, is there like a mm. database or anything mm. like that that – you have access to as a property manager? Absolutely. I always do um, checks with default databases. Okay. There are a number of them on the market and I subscribe to three of them okay. and I will check all three just to make sure I haven't missed anything because most agents are only a member of one. Mm. So if I'm only a member of another one that that agent's are not a member of, well, then I miss important information. So I check three, of, and they're the major ones as well, so I, so I check those. Are they not government-run? Are they all um, private companies that keep these databases that you have to pay a subscription for? Yeah, we subscribe 
to that uh, information yeah. and um, there are very strict parameters with which agents can report people on these uh, databases. So people who are put on those databases aren't put on there willy-nilly. Yeah. Uh, there are certain criteria that need to be met to be put on those databases. Well, yeah, because, I mean, obviously it's quite serious. Once yeah. you're on that database, it's a black mark against your name, obviously. Yes, although yeah. once you clear up the reason for you being on the database in the first place, you mm. do get removed. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. But the information that you're getting is also things like uh, utility bill defaults or reuse or things like that. <clears throat> there is one particular database that I subscribe to that does give me that information. Yep. Uh, the other two that I subscribe to are strictly tenancy databases. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And so obviously lots of tenants would have pets one form mm. or another mm. do you check that as well like yeah. do you how, how 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 close and personal do you get into that process um as close and personal as i can <laughs> okay. um so i do ask for details you know breed and and type of animal and i will ask for any registration papers if they're required by local councils yeah. i'll ask for their vet uh details of their vet i'll speak to their vet find out the personality of the animal but I'll also ask the tenant to provide a selfie of them and the animal oh because, really oh absolutely <laughs> I don't want to be approving a poodle and then turn up for a inspection yeah. and find a German shepherd so <laughs> yeah of course uh, yeah, yeah so I do ask for that yeah because yeah. there is still uh, landlords can still stipulate a, whether they want pets, mm. pets at all or and the kind of pet, like the size of the pet for with dogs, for example, can they limit the size of they may want a small dog up to, yeah. I don't know, five kilos. Yeah. Chihuahua is fine, yeah. but not a, you know, big old, I don't know, Mention the mm. dog. I just <laughs> yeah, a great day, for example. They this can, they can actually. Identification with Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just because I've only got a little yeah. one, right? Limiting the size of an animal is more prevalent in strata complexes right. uh, where yeah. the spaces are more confined and your neighbours are on top of each other. Yeah. Um, so there's greater risk of disturbance. You typically don't see those restrictions placed in freestanding homes. However, landlords still have the right to say no. Yeah. Uh, the legislation hasn't changed in that respect yet. Yeah. Okay. And when a tenant comes to rent the property, would it just be one application for the whole family or is there is it, if they're over a certain age, is there do they have to have an additional say I I have my eighteen mm. year old son still living with me? Mm. Do you need his application mm. as well as mine? Mm. How does that work? I take an application from each person over the age of 18 who will be residing in that property. Okay. Each agency might operate differently, but that's how I do it. Yeah. Obviously, minors are excluded. Minors are noted on the lease agreement as occupants. Um, however, I want each person because let's just take a husband and a wife and say an 18-year-old child. The husband and wife may not have the financial ability or they might just scrape by with the son or the 18-year-old child, sorry, the three of them together. Mm. Um, they can establish that they can afford the premises. But also an 18-year-old is an adult. They need to be responsible. And in some cases, an 18-year-old might actually want to be on the lease agreement so they can develop their own history as well. Yeah, oh, good So point. that when mm, they yeah. go and leave the nest, so yeah. to speak. They, they, they do yeah. have a little bit of a history, mm. albeit with mum and dad's support. However, it's history nonetheless. Yeah. So, yeah, but look, I want everybody who's an adult mm. to be responsible and be on that lease. 
So I take an application from each person. Okay. So just on, on on that, I'm thinking through for a lot of banks, one of the one of the codes around lending is understanding and English literacy. So understanding the application that you're signing up for. Is there anything in, in those Tansy applications that the individual needs to fully understand and appreciate the application they're signing up to in English? Like, do they need to be able to verify that they have a grasp of the English language? Because that does come up in loan applications from time to time. Um, it has never come up in my okay. work, I have to say, in the 20-odd years. Yeah. I've never actually been confronted with a problem like that. Um, Only because you're taking applications from mm. each individual rather than mm. one for the entire family. So. Mm. But I think, you, Joe, you did mention that along with that, uh, the first document, the application form, there is the, the document with general information about the assessment process so that yes. would oh, okay. take them yes. through it, right? Yes, yes. You're exactly right, Michelle. Mm. Geez, you've got a great, yeah, great memory <laughs> because we've spoken about that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. In addition to my application, I also have two ancillary documents that I ask the prospective tenants to read and sign and one of them outlines the whole application process and, and how we go about assessing them and what happens after they've been approved. Okay, and the second document, it outlines how we manage their rent payments and um, we ask them to read that and acknowledge that as part of the application process as well. So so nobody can ever come into our agency as a tenant and, and say that they didn't know this or they didn't know that. We Which is really try yeah. and be yeah. um, very transparent and have those sometimes difficult conversations up front so that everyone's mm. on the same page. And that goes a long way in eliminating problems down yeah. the track. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that's part one. Correct. Part two, the lease document itself. Yes. Talk us yes. through that. Well, the lease is a legally binding agreement. Some people don't realise that it is. There are ramifications for both the landlord and the tenant if either of them don't abide by the terms and conditions in the lease or, and if they breach the terms and conditions of the lease. And, um, you know, for landlords and agents, there are financial penalties soon to be um, applied for certain breaches of the lease agreement. So mm. it's really important to get that off properly. And when I say that that's really important, what I mean is actually sitting down with the tenant whilst they're signing up or before they're signing up and explaining to them the really important bits of the lease. It's all important. However, some bits are, in my opinion, more important than mm. others. For example, the payment of rent is a fundamental term of the lease, meaning you simply have to pay your rent. So those sorts of things are really pointed out to the tenant and so that they there's no misunderstanding about what their obligations are. They can never say, I didn't know. Mm. Because, yeah, we go through all of those fundamental points and we make them initial certain clauses in the lease agreement so that we can see that they've read it, they understand it. Acknowledged it. Uh, correct, yeah. they've acknowledged it. Yeah. The lease agreement's also really important because it's an opportunity to insert additional clauses 
and terms and conditions into the lease. For example, if a pet were approved, conditions surrounding that approval would be included in that lease, such as um, if I'm only approving a poodle up to how heavy is a poodle? Thirty kilos? I don't know. I'm taking a guess, but <laughs> but <laughs> our, our huge monster. Is that a big poodle? Eighteen kilos. Right. So I feel okay. Like she's massive. So okay. Is, so I'm being really generous there. <laughs> but if, so if you have a horse, <laughs> these are the things you need to know. Disguise as a poodle. Yeah. So I'm approving a white poodle up to the. Oh, 20 kilos yep. or whatever the case may be, um, you know, so the additional terms are equally as important. We use pre-printed leases from the REI, which is our governing body. However, take gardening maintenance, for example. It doesn't define what maintenance means. Mm. So my special conditions, uh, my additional conditions rather, um, include a definition of what maintenance is mow the yard more than once a year yes exactly it's it's about um um you know watering regularly and and weeding and gardening and and those sorts of things so i I define those things are a little bit ambiguous and and so again so that there is no misunderstanding of anybody's expectations hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this because she'll have (laughs) you sign up some sort of tenancy agreement through yourself (laughs) I can, I can hear it now, yeah. You shall wash your clothes <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> so so that's the lease agreement. It's really important just to uh, for landlords and tenants to read it thoroughly, to understand what their obligations are, and we spend that time with the tenants to go through it. All our leases are done electronically, though, yeah. so our email introduction is, is just really succinct and points everything out and then through the lease signing process we have help notes that flash up and things like that so that the tenants have to read it and yeah. they have mm. to acknowledge that before they can move on to the next signing yeah, bit okay. so uh, yes and of course it's all through the whole application process of course we discuss all of these things as well yeah so so that's the lease signing process and then we move on to Point three being the entry condition report. Talk us through that. It's the most important bit. Mm. So we've done the other two, but but without this, then the other two can really fall over because the entry condition report sets out the condition of the property before somebody moves in. And this is where the majority of arguments come from Mm. at the end of a tenancy. So the whole object of everything that we do at the beginning of the tenancy is to prevent problems at the end of the tenancy. So we're laying down the foundation now. Yeah. So the entry condition report is so, so, so important. To give you an idea, I took over a two-bedroom apartment in October and the ingoing condition report that I received was one of those old-style where you handwrite a yes or a no, good, uh, clean, undamaged working. So this came from the previous, previous rental manager? Exactly. Right, and you took it over whilst Correct. the tenants were whilst, still in there? Exactly, right. exactly. Okay. And they subsequently moved out later on. Yeah. There were absolutely no comments at all. There were no words, no comments describing the condition of the property, and that's just unacceptable. Nobody knows. Yeah what it was like when these people moved in. Mm. So the tenant moved out, you know, there were issues with the property and I had very little ground to 
stand on because the condition report simply was inadequately documented. Mm. Couldn't do anything about it. So my poor landlord just had to, I did the best I could and I, uh, I managed to get a good result for my landlord. However, I shouldn't have been put in that situation. The condition of the premises should have been set out from the beginning accurately and succinctly and it was not. So I found a new tenant for that property and my condition report, including photographs, was 27 pages long. For a two-bedroom apartment. For a two-bedroom apartment. It wow. took me two and a half hours to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, the, the upside of that is that everyone is on the same page. Exactly. What it was like when you first moved in. Exactly. So you've got photographic evidence. Exactly. The, I'm sure the tenant has signed off on it to yes. say, yes, this matches and is accurate of the condition I found the place in or yes. I have moved in into it as and there are no surprises coming to the end of the tenancy mm. if there's a mm. routine inspection down the track that mm. we go okay mm. well here are the photos from october here are the photos today where is the wall that was there in october precisely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not that extreme but, yeah. but yes you're exactly right so the tenant still has the opportunity to review everything that's been done and make their own comments and add their own photographs as well and together we arrive at a common condition at the yep. beginning. At the so, beginning. So they of the actually tenancy. do get the opportunity oh, to go, well, actually, Joe, it's not pristine. Yes. It's actually a little bit smudged here yes. and there. Or, yes. Or there Absolutely. Is, there are Disney stickers on the wall that yes. I did not work that will, that will never happen. <laughs> However, oh, okay. if there's a slight smudge mark that I may have <laughs> yeah. missed, I'm only yeah. human. Yeah, yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, so um, there is an yeah. agreement before they, they sign off on that. Mm. So everyone's mm. on the same page. Mm. Yes. And I really stress to tenants that it's vitally important for them. Yes. I'm not just protecting the landlords. I'm telling my tenants, this is really important. This is where you get to take some control of what's going on. You need to now, with a fine-tooth comb, go through the premises because if you miss something or if you just don't even bother doing it, Mm. then my record stands. Yeah. And um, or if, if there's a big scratch in the wall, I am only human, I may have missed it, please, if it's not on the report, put it in there yeah. because it will save an argument when you come to move out. Yeah. Because if it's not on the report, then you are taking responsibility for that. Yeah. And as much as you say, but it was there when I moved in, if it's not on the report, mm. then yeah. it, it becomes a he said, she yeah. said, doesn't it? And yeah. that's, that's a very similar um similar concept to, to I mean different type of rental but when you when you go on holiday and rent a car if you want to just take Avis's word at how they inspected it yeah and not do your own check then when it yeah. comes time to return or you return it to someone different who says what are all these golf ball holes in the <laughs> yeah. in the bumper that yeah. weren't on the initial <clears throat> condition report <clears throat> then it's your word against Avis's which was documented to you. So it's absolutely your chance as a tenant to go through with a fine-tooth comb and make sure that what Joe is saying matches up to the reality that I see as a tenant. Exactly, exactly. And in some situations where there are extra, and I've, I've never had this happen, however, you know, if there is something where I and the tenant are polar opposites well then that gives me another opportunity when I get their report back and 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 I'm like oh 
that's so different to mm. what I saw, we will go, I'll go together and we'll have a look at it together mm. and, and we will arrive at a common it's about creating a, that common platform so that there's no arguments. Mm, Again, yeah, we're, we're, we're laying the foundations so that when they move out, it's not a hassle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's so it's, it's vitally important. And, and, and so when I receive an ingoing condition report from another agent and there are no words on it, I, I just think to myself, these poor landlords and these poor tenants, mm. um, somebody's not done the right thing there. So. And also in this day and age, it's so easy to do it right now. I mean, you've uh, got, you know, you've got uh, the cloud mm, and, and, you know, the internet and everything mm. like that. You know, you're Ooh, familiar using, with that. Oh, we, my gosh. Mich- Michelle to sounds get, like my parents using <laughs> technology terms. I'm on the line. I'm on the line. This is what the kids call woke, I believe. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's easy to upload photos and yeah. have it there. Yeah. And just as a reference, because, I mean, I was burned badly as a tenant where, you know, the landlord was saying that – all this stuff had happened and it hadn't. And since then I take photos of everything. Mm, And, you know, when I rent a car, when I go somewhere like, and I'm I'm inspecting properties, I'm always taking photos of everything because it's just great to have that as a backup just in case it goes Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Well, technology's helped a lot. In the olden days Mm. we used to hand write everything uh, in a, um, triplicate you know like a carbon copy type thing and um it would take a long 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 time Mm. and i guess you know you get those reports with no words on them because people are inherently lazy um so technology has made it easier yeah to do it better yeah so in my opinion there's no excuse yeah um there's no it's just yeah you've just got to do it Mm. you've just got to do it and it saves everybody it's not just about saving the landlords it's it's about looking after the tenants as well yeah all right so you've um you've found the right tenants you've done the entry condition report they've signed the agreement they've moved in and then point number four the first tenancy inspection yeah Talk us through that one. Well, we're supposed to do routine inspections as part of looking after our landlords. We're allowed to do up to four per year. Um, I like to do my first routine inspection or tenancy inspection, as I like to call them, about two to three months after somebody has moved into their new home. And that's important to me because it's given them some time to settle in and I can now see how they're looking after a place. Yeah. And so if there are any issues that arise, then I can jump all over it straight away. So obviously maybe the tenants haven't understood what the expectations are according to the condition report because the condition report sets out how clean the place is as well and a tenant's responsible Mm. Uh, responsibility includes maintaining the premises to a certain level of cleanliness and you know so that they and they're not allowed to leave rubbish around and you know it can't attract pests and vermin and things like that so the first inspection is ideal for us to ensure that the place is being looked after in the manner in which we would expect it to be and it's our opportunity to have a chat with the tenants if they're not meeting those expectations and just realign them if you know what I mean um to what is required so I had a I had a just recently I had a a first inspection first tenancy inspection at an apartment in Zetland and uh we 
before the tenants moved in, went and had professional cleaners attend the premises and bring it up to a certain standard. And when I went in and did the tenancy inspection, it had fallen considerably below that standard. I'm not here to judge anybody on how they live. If there are dirty dishes in the sink, if there's clothes all over the laundry, well, then so be it. However, if there's rubbish overflowing in the kitchen, out of the bin, and if the things aren't being washed and, you know, the bathroom's developing mould on the shower screens and things like that, I'm going to say something because that that they're health issues and they can lead to further problems down the track. So, you know... We inspect it, we make sure that everything's being maintained to a certain level and if it's not, well, then we uh, have a quick conversation with the tenant and uh, organise another inspection a week or two down the track and re-inspect. And that's the the second inspection where you bring the brass knuckles and the baseball bats. (laughs) No, I I don't do that. It's just the way it started to sound. We we have an agreement and understanding. A week later we come back with with the thugs. (laughs) No, I don't do that. (laughs) But on the other hand, I guess it's also a good time because once the tenants have moved in, they've settled in, they're sort of getting – to know the lay of the land, yeah. um, the opportunity for them to go, hey, listen, actually, the water pressure in my shower is actually exactly. really low yes. and you may not know about that, right? So- exactly, exactly. It's a really good time for them to report anything that's yeah. going or is not quite right mm. um, because I don't know these things. I'm not living there. Yeah. Um, and you can so- establish more of a rapport with them. Exactly. And vice versa. Yes, um, yes. And the, you're right. The routine inspections are a really important tool for us to get on a more personal level with our tenants mm. because I'm not here just to look after my landlords. My landlords are very important to me. However, my tenants are equally as important and I like to ensure that they are being looked after as well. I want a relationship with my tenants whereby they're really comfortable to ring me and say, hey, Joe, I've got this problem or I've got that problem or life is happening and blah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they do, which is great. And and the routine inspections help cement that relationship. Mm. So you mentioned they, they're four times a year, is that right? Up to four times to a four year. Times. And I I will vary that schedule depending on how the routine inspections go. Mm. If a tenant needs to be watched a little more closely, I will take advantage of the four opportunities per year. Mm. If they don't, well, then I won't. But I will still inspect at least twice. So that, so as a landlord or as a rental manager, you have the right to enter the if, d- yes. Does the tenant have to give you a permission as such or how does that process work? I just need to give the tenants a minimum amount of notice in order okay. to go in. Yeah. Ideally, it'll be by mutual agreement. Yeah. So I give them enough notice whereby they can ring me and say, hey, look, this isn't quite convenient. But And I let them know. If they're not going to be home, yeah. I'll use my spare key to gain entry. I've never had an issue. Yeah. I've never had an issue. The tenants can sometimes try and I, I look I speak to other property managers and 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 there are always property managers who complain about um, having difficulty accessing properties there are ways and means ultimately a tenant can't say no yeah those rights are written into the lease agreement they're written into the residential tenancies act eventually mm. they will have to yeah allow or 
accommodate in and that again, section. it goes back to that um, that point to being the lease document itself yeah. and having that expectation up front with the yeah. prospective tenant to say, okay, well, under the agreement, we require access yes. after providing you notice yes. and so forth. So yes. hopefully with those expectations being being met and um, tenants signing off on that agreement, mm. they know that that is one of the conditions of mm. the agreement. Correct. But I think it's I, I think it's an opportunity for both sides of the equation to build trust, right? Because, yes. I mean, if you as a tenant are happy with property and you're not doing anything untoward, you know, you're not growing illegal substances in your bathroom or whatever, mm. you know, there's no mm. reason for you not to give your landlord or the rental manager a- access and yes. vice versa. Once yes. If you have no issues getting access from your tenant, then you, you're rest assured they're looking after the property and you have a really positive relationship moving forward. Precisely. You're, you're, you're 100% it's right. It's, that all, it all, mm. it's all about developing and fostering that trust. Mm. Well, and it comes down, again, to relationships, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, this, this industry really is about relationships yeah. um, and, and just sadly, you know, there's a little bit of a trust issue between tenants and agents or tenants and, and um, landlords. It's unfortunate, but it ought not be like that. Mm. But and that's where a good rental management agent can can mm. you know smooth that out and mm. make it easier. And I, and it sounds that this four step uh, process that you have is is the best way to get that started off yeah. on the right foot. Yeah. So if um as a tenant, you know you're new to rent, you've just left home, or or you, you I don't know, you've just sold your house, you're renting for the first time. Are there portals for tenants to to find out? Um, Things that they need to know about, uh, perhaps oh, that you know yeah. online, mm. on the line mm. where they can find information. <laughs> Is there? It, yes. Can you recommend uh, yes. certain website, yes. perhaps? Fair Trading. Yeah. Fair Trading has a multitude of um, uh, forms that we're actually legally obliged to provide to the tenant as part of the lease agreement. But also there's the Tenants Union as well. Um, They provide advice to uh, tenants and um, they have a lot of resources on their website as well. And that's is that the tenants.org.au? Uh, website, I believe um, it is. Yes, we'll yes, we'll add it onto so. the transcript yeah, so we'll that if you want to look it up, notes. yes. Um, but uh, I because I've come across that website, it's got lots of really yeah. handy fact sheets as well. Yes, the fact um, sheet, the fact sheets are uh, are really good. That's a tongue twister, word. isn't it? Ah. <laughs> um, they're they're really good. Yeah. yeah, that's good information for tenants. And again, like I said, fair trading is is really good as well. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. and uh, we provide a lot of the fair trading documents to the tenants in their yeah. application process. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for this, um, Joe. This has been really insightful and really interesting to hear through your four major points for you know getting that, that tenancy agreement uh, up and running in the right way and you know having the expectations of landlord, tenant, managing agent all on the same page. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful. Thank you. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the, the best way to do so? On my website, mm-hmm. uh, the rental specialists with an S on the end, dot com dot AU, or give me a call, uh, one three hundred zero two eight zero three eight, which is really easy. And if they want an email, my email address is on the website. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, I hope people do get in touch with you. Um, 
Thanks again for coming in. Thank, uh, you. thank you for listening out there to us. If you have any questions, you can also always get in touch with us at ask at sydneypropertyinsiders.com.au or drop us a line on Instagram or Facebook or on our website, of course. Um, yeah. yeah. So thanks again for listening. That's it from us. I hope you tune in next time. Have a great week, everyone. Please note that any views or opinions presented in this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent those of any business. These views and opinions are general in nature and do not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation and needs. Please consider whether it applies in your circumstance and seek professional advice where appropriate.